0: Don't wait. Visit Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment.
2: And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Radio TV. On the Exxon Broadcast Network, you can visit for all the broadcast information on the Zone Broadcast, on the Exxon Radio Show, as well as the other programming that we have available for you, 724-365 at www.xzbn.net. And for the Exxon TV channel, channel 21 on Simultv, Simultv.com. My guest this hour is Mark Muncie. He is the creator of Hillview Cemetery, a charity haunted house in central Florida that was so infamous it was banned by the city of St. Petersburg. An author of horror and science fiction, he has spent more than three decades collecting ghostly tales and reports of legendary beasts. Currently, he is finishing his third book of for the history press after the best-selling, the eerie Florida and freaky Florida. He lives in St. Petersburg, Florida, on the remains of an ancient um, midden with his wife, Car- uh, Carrie Schultz. Occasionally, he is visited by his daughters when they remember he is still there. I know that feeling well. <laughs> Joining me now is Mark Muncie And uh, Mark, welcome back to The x Great having you with us. It's good to be back, sir. Hey, listen, I have to ask you, uh Hill Hellview Cemetery. Mm-hmm. It's a haunted house in Central Florida that was so infamous it was banned by the city of St. Petersburg. Why would they do that?
3: Um, well, we were kind of a victim of our own success. Uh, we uh it was a charity haunt. It was in mm-hmm. my backyard, basically. We turned uh, a couple thousand square feet into uh a huge sprawling haunted house. Um, never actually went in my home. It was always just around it, although nobody knew that because we built it, looked like indoors. People loved it, (laughs) Um, and we had thousands of people every year. So when you have a few thousand people going through your backyard, the city's usually pretty lenient about it since it was for charity, Uh, but we got a new mayor, and, uh, you know, Uh, things changed.
2: Politics, politics, politics.
3: Exactly.
2: Well, are, are you still doing it? Or, you know like a charity is a pretty good reason to do something
3: um we haven't in a couple of years we've been uh kind of waiting on the administration to change mm-hmm. uh and uh uh you know we're hopeful we're hopeful that that might happen uh but uh we are looking at other possible locations so
2: where does your interest it might rise mm-hmm. again well we hope it will um where did your interest in the paranormal come from mark
3: uh, it goes way back um one of my earliest memories mm-hmm. uh as a as a child uh was in a house in Dayton Ohio where I grew up and uh, I remember going up into our attic which was my play area it went off my room uh on the second floor up to the third floor and uh when I walked into the attic there was a dark shape in the middle of the room and it looked up at me with red eyes and that is my earliest memory. And because of that, I've always kind of been drawn to the dark and unusual. Tried to figure out what it was. Still, you know, theories about it to this day. So.
2: What is your most favorite aspect of the paranormal that you that seems to draw you closer than any other?
3: Um, I, you know, we love ghost stories. I love the stories behind it all. Uh, I've been a big fan of ghost stories for forever, but... I've got to say, more recently, I love uh, the history and legends uh, of cryptids hmm. and how they have evolved over the years. And that's you know, basically what my books have been about, is they primarily focus on cryptids with a few ghost stories here and there um, uh, because it's just, they're such fascinating sure. stories and so many amazing tales.
2: So tell me, what is the oddest cryptid? that you've done research on
3: well i would say in um freaky florida mm-hmm. uh we we got to talk about a character we were we were researching skunk apes in the first book yeah uh which is uh florida's sasquatch you know poorly named because he smells bad uh, but you know florida loves to name things that's just what they do <laughs> and there's one in particular um yeah, we got a sea monster. He's pink, so we call him Pinky. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing really creative here in Florida. But there's this one in just south of Jacksonville uh, that goes back to the 1800s. And it's this kind of goofy-looking Sasquatch. He's kind of got like a pot belly. He pants a lot. His tongue's always sticking out. He's about 9 or 10 feet tall. And he carries a lantern with him. And he has the you know, he was in the town of Barden. And he has the unfortunate name of the Barden Booger, which, you know, <laughs> So we researched him, and we've got you know sightings like I said going back hundreds of years. There was a flap in the '70s around Mm -hmm. in search of time, uh, you know when Bigfoot was huge. Right. Uh, I mean, he had they had a Barden Booger festival. They had the Barden Booger Boogie, a song that came out about him. You know, you love all that stuff, but yeah, we we've we've learned a lot about him. He's he's a kind of a cool skunk ape. But I'd say the most oddest cryptid that we didn't even realize was uh, something we were going to be able to research, was uh, a story out of the 1920s. Uh, I'm sorry, 1930s. There was a, a hurricane in South Florida near Punta Gorda, and uh, they had uh, the phenomena we had uh, a year or so ago with uh, Irma when all the water washed out of Tampa Bay. Uh, all the water washed away from the shore, and these people were starving because of the Great Depression. So families ran out and started grabbing crabs and Food, you know, for a lifetime here, sure. and this one family sees a pirate chest, so they rush out to this pirate chest, thinking, "Oh, it's gold! We're gonna save our family," mm-hmm. and and then the water comes rushing back, and they get inside the chest, and it's full of cannonballs, oh. useless to them, but and now they're stuck. Um, but basically, they wind up getting saved by a giant turtle, and they're they're riding on the back of what they thought was an upside down boat. With a tree growing out of it, and it's a and it's a turtle, and now it's a weird story. It's kind of folklorish, you know, very thirties. But in nineteen sixties, mm-hmm. a navy diver in the same area spots a sixty foot turtle, reports it, and has it sketched by a navy sketch artist.
2: A so sixty it's been,
3: foot turtle. Sixty foot turtle. Wow. So that's so that's a couple times this thing's been seen in that yep. same area about thirty years apart. Turtles live a long time. They get yeah, bigger.
2: They they do. My wife and I have a home in Maui, and uh, you know the turtles there are 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 quite big. But it's sixty foot, my lord!
3: And that's you know, and that's this is a you know a decorated naval officer oh, willing to put his career on the line. I'll take his word. Talk about this. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um. How haunted or how weird is Florida? No, I don't mean the people. I've got a lot of good friends in Florida. <laughs> I, I uh, mean the, East, you know.
3: I would, I would say, you know, um, we, you know, we've done this. You know, we're coming up on our third book now, mm-hmm. and our third book is all ghost stories. It's uh, they just announced it, officially today. Oh,
2: congratulations!
3: Uh, which is why we're here. Yeah. Uh, it's called uh, Creepy Florida.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Hey, if it it's our, fits our theme, yeah. and this one is all ghost stories. So we've traveled another few thousand miles uh, and never left the state. We've now clocked over 12,000 miles between the three wow. books and never left Florida uh, from the Panhandle down to the Keys. And every time we stop yeah. and go to some haunted location, mysterious location, dark history place, mm-hmm. everybody's like, oh, did you know about this place You know, right next door? Did you know about this place over there? And then suddenly we're like, oh, gosh, you know, now we got more to research and more to do.
2: Tell me, how about Orlando? Is Orlando haunted? Is Orlando weird? Because we have a condo in Orlando.
3: Um, well, the you know, the you know, a lot of the locals here like to call it our nation's capital because mm-hmm. it's you know, so many people come there. Yeah, it's uh, uh, um, it has a dark history to it. Uh, the whole Kissimmee area, the happiest place on Earth. Mm -hmm. Uh, has a really dark history to how it got its name. Um, and, um, and it's, um, you know, through the Seminole Wars and, uh, the Indian Eviction Act, Indian Removal Act, Mm -hmm. where, um, basically if you homesteaded in an area, you could chase the Indians off your land and claim it. And, um, and
2: we're the nice guys, you know? Yeah, exactly. We're the totally. really nice guys. Yeah. You see, when I, we we yeah. have to go for a commercial break. Uh, oh, yeah. we'll I, don't want to, I don't want to disrupt you. But when I was a kid, I could never understand how the cowboys were the good guys when basically cowboys were invaders. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, just a little bit of my own history back there. Mark Muncy is our special guest, XO Nation. And we're talking, as you've heard, about the strange, the weird, the bizarre and if you'd like to find out more about Mark, what's the best website for people to go to? Mark
3: uh, ErieFlorida.com has links to all of our social stuff and yeah. and the books.
2: All right, buddy, stand by. We'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the X Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name's Rob McConnell. Buck away. Welcome back, everyone. Mark Muncie is our special guest. His website is www.erryflorida.com. Now, Mark, uh, before we went to the commercial break, we were—I was just asking you how haunted Orlando was. And during the breaks, you know, I was talking to you about the different um, tourist attractions there, and, and I was surprised when you told me that there, are, you know, some of these attractions are actually haunted.
3: Oh yeah, uh, it's um, well-known uh, Disney has a few ghosts, uh, one in particular, they have a ghost in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride mm-hmm. uh, that uh, they have to talk to every morning. They have to welcome, you know, greet him. He has rules that they have to follow. Uh, you have to greet him every morning, you have to say goodbye to him every night, and um, if you don't treat him right, the ride doesn't work well that day. And all the employees know this, it's a just a ritual that they have to go through every day to deal with mm-hmm. the ghost at the Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, He even has a door kind of near where the dog is. Uh, At the end, there's this one little tech door. And when that door is open, that usually means he's out and about. And that's when they know something's wrong. Um, But there are, you know, there's a recent ghost at the Haunted Mansion. Mm -hmm. I think a kid was, you know, been spotted there. Uh, There's uh, kids who ride, ghostly kids who ride the Spaceship Earth over there a lot. Uh, No one really knows their story. Um, we've been, uh, we have, uh, our books are at a shop in universal islands of adventure called, uh, the shop of wonders and it's on the lost continent Island. And so we've been recently talking to universal employees and they've told us of a few ghost stories. Now, one of the things I know the Harry Potter fans love going to the Harry Potter world, uh, in the, uh, nocturnally, area they have a, a bookshop that's mm-hmm. one of uh, uh bergen and Bert's i think is the occult bookshop. it's like the dark guy you know the evil wizards bookshop and they actually filled that place with haunted artifacts that they bought um to try to just make it authentic and the problem is is they think they've actually brought in some ghosts uh they refer to one called the sulfur man who hangs out over by the fake chimney now it's a fake chimney but you will smell sulfur when this guy's around and uh, and you'll hear you know just whispers and that's not part of the attraction that's actually just something weird that started going on there that employees have been noticing
2: Wow so what are these ghosts I can understand somebody going to a flea market or an antique auction buying antiques and and artifacts that are haunted bringing them home without knowing Mm. but why do other ghosts actually remain in places? For example, the ghost of the pirate or the ghost of uh, the pirate How, Why, why do ghosts stick around? Is it that they love the attention? Uh,
3: see, we, we have uh, a couple of theories since we were writing creepy Florida. We went to a mm-hmm. lot of parapsychologists. We went to folklorists. We, you know, we've talked to Indian shamans, right. uh, and we've talked to everybody to get different theories. Mm-hmm. And, they, you know, We almost like to think that it's kind of like uh, Close Encounters where there's different levels of ghosts, oh, you like, know, you know, sure. different levels of alien encounters. There's yeah. different levels of ghosts. And like uh, a level one is what they kind of refer to as the stone tape. Those are the ones that are just recordings mm-hmm. in the walls. They replay the same incident over and over and over again. Uh, don't really have any rhyme or reason to them. Uh, Then there's the next level, which, you know, are able to communicate and able to do, you know, make noises. And then you've got like, you know, poltergeist style that don't seem to make any rhyme or reason, but throw stuff around and just kind of, you know, playful ghosts. And then you've got kind of the more negative energy things. And, you know, and it just goes on and on from there. Uh, We like to refer to them not supernatural, but preternatural stuff. We don't understand yet that hopefully someday people can study it and figure it out. Hmm.
2: Why do you think that there is not as much hardcore scientific investigations being conducted on ghosts and other aspects of the paranormal? With so many people involved in the, in the, uh, in the industry these days, as well as the increased number of sightings and cases reported to not only paranormal investigators, but parapsychologists.
3: Exactly. That's one of the, re- you know, we were on a recent ghost tour uh, mm-hmm. of uh, uh, Ghost Hunt with uh, Memento Mori Paranormal down here, uh, they got us into a famous house down here called the May Stringer House, Okay. which is people come from all over the world to hunt in this ghost house. Uh, numerous ghosts in there, uh, an infamous one called Mr. Nasty in the attic, and uh, a bunch of other unusual ghosts. Um, and we were able to go on this ghost hunt, and uh, it was the first time for uh, Carrie, my lovely wife and illustrator, it was her first ghost hunt. Um, as much as we've done all these other things, she's never done that. Uh, and it was just fascinating. They've got all the equipment. They've got all these things. They've got um, you know stuff that's based on even stuff Edison and Graham Bell were working on before they died. They were trying to come up with machines to to talk to the dead. Sure. Um, and people forget that they're like, hey, you know, these guys invented this and this and this, and they were working on other things too because they couldn't understand some of the things they were coming up with. And I think that's kind of where it's still in that field. It's, you know, to this day, we haven't put any money in it because the minute you say ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot, Mm -hmm. you know, anything like that, people go, oh, you know. Yeah. I mean, chiropractic medicine for many doctors is still not medicine, you know, but it does help.
2: It does. It truly does. In your opinion, where is the most haunted location in Florida?
3: I will say the May Stringer House definitely is up there. If if not the most haunted house, it's it's at the top. Uh, the Riddle House down in Port St. Lucie gives it mm-hmm. a run for its money. That's an infamous house uh, that was a fun- uh, home for a caretaker for a funeral for a for a cemetery, and um, and that uh, place has numerous ghosts. Uh, but I would say if any place um it's still going on you know the that they're still investigating the place is uh the dozier school for boys that i think we talked about back uh yes, we did, huh? when I was on last time back uh, when we were talking about erie florida it's that that case i mean they just found another while they were tearing parts of it down mm-hmm. they found uh more possible burial sites for bodies for the children that were there
2: unreal Uh, While you were at the May Stringer house, uh, did you have any encounters with unknown or unseen forces? They were doing
3: uh, what they called um, some interesting, they were doing some things. They had a thing called an obulus Mm -hmm. that plays random words based on fluctuations. And uh, we got, uh, one word kept popping up, it was Murphy. And they were trying to figure out anybody named Murphy with the house. And I'm like, they've got a room Full of mil- military memorabilia from Florida, and the parapsychologists were trying to figure out the name Murphy. And I'm like, it's Camp Murphy. The Camp Murphy was a famous military installation in Florida. Almost a lot of people who went through Jeez. basic training down here in Florida went to Camp Murphy for World War II, and uh, that became where we were learning radar. That was like a super secret project there too. Right. And so you've got all these military room, you know, memorabilia. Hey, there's a the trigger word. Um, so that was interesting to me because they had never, they had never, uh, put that together. Um, and then when we were up in the attic area, um, with Mr. Nasty, we kind of, there was an old vaudeville trunk and I was fascinated by the trunk more than anything else because this old vaudeville trunk it was amazing. Mm-hmm. But then when they brought up their thermal camera. You know, I was 90 some degrees. Uh, You know, the people with us were all in the 80 degrees because it's Florida and it's hot. And the the room itself was like 70s. But the trunk was giving off as much heat as me. It was like 90 some odd degrees just coming from this trunk. No electrics, no nothing. It was a heat source. And how does that happen? Scientifically, couldn't figure it out.
2: Yeah. So with these ghosts, why do they stay there? You know, if. There are so many questions,
4: mm-hmm.
2: and I, one of the main ones that, that I I still can't fathom is why they stay there. Because if they're there and they don't like people coming, or you know, why don't they just leave?
3: And that's you know what, like I said, with the yeah. different levels, we think some are stuck. We do think some are recordings. That mm-hmm. I don't think they're actually a spirit. Yes. But they're like some sort of emotional energy that just replaying some traumatic event or even just something common that they did that was just, you know, there. Well the uh, fact
2: the fact that, you know, we are all surrounded by an electromagnetic field that's right. called the aura. And, you know, with all the electromagnetic uh variances in in, you know, a house or anywhere else, could it be that these the essence or this voice is actually trapped in an electromagnetic field and this is the reason for it
3: i mean that's what the the parapsychologists all believe and really? i and i i tend to lean that way myself um mm-hmm. uh, i think there's just sometimes a little bit of that energy gets stuck and and, and needs to play out something I, i'm not a big fan of oh we're going to help them pass on i think yeah. this is just a piece this is something else i think it's a mirror you know
2: all right, stand by Mark, you and I have to take our break at the bottom of the hour for the news. And exonation. Mark Muncies, our very special guest this hour. And if you'd like to find out more about Mark, visit his website, an interesting website. Be prepared to spend some time there at www.erieflorida.com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, you can read the current edition of the X Chronicles newspaper with our compliments at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. And to find out all about the other programming we have available for you 24-7, 365, on the Exome Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Mark Muncy and I return on the other side of this break. Dunk away. Welcome back to the X-Zone, I am Rob McConnell, and, and for those of you who are watching us on the X-Zone TV channel, we are now proud to say we are broadcasting in full 4K and uh, ultra high, uh, what's it called, Craig? Ultra high stereo? Okay, there you go. So thank you very much, X-Zone Nation, for keeping us uh, going for uh, 30 years now. Mark Munsey is our special guest, and his website is iriflorida.com, that's eerieflorida. Dot com. Mark. Uh, over the years, have you seen changes within the the way that people go out and actually do investigations? Uh, what changes have you seen?
3: Um, well, a lot of it's you know for the paranormal guy, yeah. for the ghost hunters, it's the equipment. You know, they they keep getting new and new devices um, that uh, to try to make their jobs easier for detecting magnetic fields right. and. Thermal fluctuations. Um, you know, there's even attachments for phones that have uh, you know, infrared cameras on them now and uh, stuff like that, which is pretty amazing. Although it's kind of fun, we're running around with uh, camcorders from the uh, 1990s. You know, um, uh, just because they tend to, you know, be more, uh, you know, just easy to use at the time, especially if you have power fluctuations, mm-hmm. which are common with these things. Um, as for the UFO investigators, it's always interesting to talk to them because they now have access to global cameras, so they can follow you know sightings through webcams, and that was something I'd never thought of. It's like oh yo know, or dashboard cameras, yeah, um, you know. And then um, and then you know for the skunk ape hunters and the cryptid hunters, they've got you know satellite imagery, they've got much more highly detailed maps. GPS alone makes all the difference when you're out in places like the the Ocala National Forest or the Green Swamp. There were areas of that that were completely inaccessible a few years ago. You know, now I have basically maps to them. I I still wouldn't want to go out there, you know, from now till November just because of bugs and heat. But, uh, you know, but you can go there a few times a year.
2: (laughs) Speaking about UFOs, are there a lot of UFOs sighted in the Florida area?
3: Uh, Quite a few, actually. Um, You know, Miami's had its fair share. Uh, The most famous, of course, were Gulf Breeze Mm -hmm. uh, up in the Panhandle. And that's still going on to this day. I know uh, the famous Ed Waters case got kind of debunked when he moved out of his house and people found the models in his attic. And then uh, they've done some digital work on his old photos and realized he just did a lot of double negative, you know, double exposure stuff, which is kind of sad. But that doesn't there were hundreds of other sightings and There's still sightings to this day of weird stuff up there. Now, it's Eglin Air Force Base is right there. And the uh, Pensacola Naval Base is right right there. So, you know, we get a lot of stories about USOs, the things that are uh, unidentified submerged objects that, you know, go under the water and then come up and become UFOs. So they're kind of intertwined. And we don't kind of think they're extraterrestrial because if you were doing an experiment with the Navy and the Air Force, there's two bases right there that could, you know, do something like that. So,
2: yeah, there's a lot
3: of theories about that. But yeah,
2: we do get our fair share of UFOs down there. How about around uh, the Cape, Cape Canaveral?
3: Uh, quite a few, actually. There's, uh, you know, many sightings and they uh, it, that's one of the things that I guess the Navy's new program is supposed to be around launch sites, you mm-hmm. know, especially now that SpaceX and uh, what's the other one? Blue Origin are, are starting to do a lot of work in that area uh they're more concerned about drones and things trying to spy on this stuff but they are worried about unidentified objects
2: now just off the shores of florida is the infamous bermuda triangle what yes. is what is what is your take on the bermuda triangle
3: well there's i mean there's so many cases mm-hmm. uh that you know uh, the most infamous i think would be flight 19 definitely out of fort lauderdale um there are a lot of theories about that, where they just got miscommunicated. You know, they didn't have any clocks in their planes, which is very unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, but the communications log, if you listen to it, it's pretty freaky and, it, you know, and it, will, it will mess with you. And then the other plane that went up to find them just blows up. You know, uh, yeah, the seaplane the, the that was going to rescue them, you know, just blows up after normal communications. It's, you know, it's quite an unusual story um and so that alone you know is crazy i mean and but the question is where does the reader triangle end i mean most people say it's you know north point bermuda and you know goes across some of florida but uh you know some people say it extends into the key into the everglades and the keys because a lot of weird stuff happens over there just not as much so is it really a triangle is it you know maybe it's yeah. bigger
2: then there's a lot of shipping industry throughout the uh, the florida area for example like you were saying uh port miami you know i've gone out i've gone on cruises uh quite often out of port miami port lauderdale um do you get reports or have you done reports about haunted cruises haunted ships
3: we've uh we've done a few uh there's one in particular that comes out of Tampa
2: mm-hmm. that
3: we've been dying to to actually look into a little more we've got a couple employees that have given us some off the record stuff
2: right
3: um so we're kind of hoping that uh you know maybe we can get one to go on the record so we can actually delve into it mm-hmm. um you know we've got of course you know the famous you know we got a lot of planes that are haunted down here we had uh, flight uh, 401 uh you know infamous uh you know the plane that uh uh, went down, and then uh, the pilot and the co-pilot uh, kept showing up on other planes that were using parts from their plane. Hmm. You know, and uh, that you know got in, made into a movie with uh, Ernest Borgnine many years ago, and um, and that story is one of the first ones where pilots and even the president, of, the vice president of the company, reported sightings of this thing. And it changed rules on FCC, you know, the Florida Aviation Commission or uh, Federal Aviation right. Commission, uh, because they were hiding the books. Anytime somebody'd mention it, they would throw away that log and give the plane a new log, and then that made it all illegal to do that because of these ghosts. Um, and they, you know, so that's another unusual phenomenon. We
2: we talked briefly about Cape Canaveral uh, about UFOs, but. Any, any reports of ghosts or apparitions at, at the Cape?
3: Of course, yeah the uh, flight uh, uh, was the launch pad 30, C34, mm-hmm. uh, which was the Apollo 1 complex right. with the famous fire. Um, it's now um, a memorial. Uh, they did launch uh, Apollo 7 off of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, if you it's a memorial now. And it has the memorial for Apollo 1. It also has the memorial for the Challenger and the Columbia. Uh, you know, All the famous disasters are there. Uh, but if you go there, you can get permission to go there. It's not part of the main tour. You have to ask. Um, and ghost hunters love going there because they have seen some unusual things. It, it was so famous, the ghost that they saw with a, an astronaut you know, climbing into a capsule that wasn't there you know, that he just disappears as he's climbing into nothing, uh, that that became uh, one of the inspirations for uh, a famous Doctor Who episode, The Impossible Astronaut. So, um, it's, you know, that's how famous that story is.
2: How do we rationalize seeing somebody in a astronaut suit climbing into a capsule and then just disappearing?
3: Exactly. And that was, uh, again,
2: mm-hmm. two
3: NASA scientists spotted it and reported it and you know why would you say anything about it if you were risking your job, risking your career, being risked being a uh, you know, labelled a lunatic yeah you know? and it was two at the same time so it's not like one guy hallucinated it you know two people saw it
2: um, a lot of people when they talk about ghosts they also talk about ghostly animals or apparitions of animals florida i'm sure you must have a few
3: um yeah we've got uh, quite a quite a collection there uh one of my favorites mm-hmm. is up in the uh, panhandle there's an infamous alligator named uh, two-toed tom two-toed uh, tom okay uh, yeah yeah florida loves the name stuff mm-hmm. uh but actually they can't take full credit for him he was named in georgia okay um and uh, but he was um this family lived on this farm mm-hmm. and the alligator uh, you know was uh, eating all their livestock and stuff so the family just got tired of it so they decided to blow him up they're, they're just line the lake with uh, dynamite and they're just gonna blow the heck out of everything and um and then they blow it all up but while they're doing that they didn't realize to tom was already in the lake behind them not the lake they thought he was in and he grabs the daughter of the farmer and drags her away and that's when the farmer gets now he's now it's personal um he uh realizes his land is cursed so he moves to florida and uh, they call him two-toed tom because he lost a toe uh somehow they got a toe off of him uh but as he moves to florida he sees the tracks of a two-toed alligator near his new farm in florida and uh that's when he swears he sees a ghost of two-toed tom um
2: Now now we've got to take our final break, but now I fully understand, and I'm sure our listeners do, why, you know, your website is called Erie, Florida, as well as your best-selling book. Mark, stand by. You and I have to take our final break uh, for this uh, segment. And explanation. Mark Muncie and I will be back on the other side of this break. And for more information about Mark or to get a copy of his book, books, uh, visit www.erieflorida.com. I'm Rob McConnell. Mark and I wrap up this hour in the Axone when we return. Don't go away. Thanks, donation, Mark Muncy is our special guest this hour, www.eerieflorida.com. First of all, Mark, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Always a great pleasure talking to you. Congratulations on your books. And, you know, thanks for letting the world know how creepy Florida really is, or eerie uh, Florida uh, really is.
3: Yeah, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants, I've got to admit. There was uh, you know the great Charlie Carlson back mm-hmm. in the day uh, who, who wrote Weird Florida, Um, Way back, uh, I want to say it was 86, when it first came out, Uh, he and I were, I was, you know, chatting with him, trying to update it a number of years ago. And he had gone on and made a few others that never really quite caught on. Uh, But he passed away while we were first starting Erie, Florida. Oh, no. um, And so, you know, we carried on without him. Uh, But, you know, there's been so many investigators and so Mm -hmm. many storytellers who've done all this before me yeah they made the trail and then it was just all right now let's find the new stuff let's find the stuff that needs to be updated
2: um a lot of places where there is haunted activity also have haunted doll houses and do you have any of those in florida uh
3: florida has his most famous resident or most infamous resident maybe Mm -hmm. down in key west we have the wonderful uh robert the haunted doll um which uh, many people are familiar with, uh, the inspiration for Chucky um, that's coming back to theaters. Yeah. Um, he's a, you know, a haunted doll that uh, was this uh, child toy and uh, of uh, another guy named Robert. And uh, they, uh, they argued so much that the doll took his name. So he went by his middle name, Eugene. Um, the doll scared away the servants, scared away the people who lived there. Uh, went on its own for a while and still gained even more reputation, uh, is now in the Fort East Martello Museum. And there are rules when you visit Robert. You, you have to be nice to Robert. You can't uh, take pictures of Robert without his permission uh, or bad things but will wait happen. A
2: sec, how, how, do you, how do you get permission out of a doll that's haunted to take the picture?
3: Well, the story goes that you just know. If you try to take a picture without his permission, something usually happens. And, and then the curse happens. And that's, there's a wall behind hmm. him that's uh, digitized now. They used to have it just pinned with letters, but now they digitize it uh, after a few hurricanes and wiped out the letters. Robert's fine. He survives these hurricanes. But um, the letters are apology letters to Robert saying, Dear Robert, we're sorry. You know, we took your picture and didn't mean to. And please remove your curse. My favorite was this one guy said, Dear Sir Robert, I like to call him Sir, uh, I'm sorry I called your leather face stupid. Uh, leather is actually nice for a face. Uh, please remove your curse. We get the message. Please fix my eye, my Xbox, and my marriage. And I loved you put them in that order. I thought that was kind of appropriate. Uh, but uh,
2: um, and, you know, and Ro- that did he? Was just amazing. Did Robert really fix up the eye box, his eye, and his marriage?
3: I have no idea. That was just the letter that was there. Mm. Uh, we do know two former presidents wrote Robert. But they just won't
2: tell us who. Did you go and see the doll?
3: Oh, yeah. We've, we've been several times. Robert's uh, very pleasant. We have a mini Robert uh, that's uh, made by the same mm-hmm. company that made the original Robert. I know there's legends that Robert was made by a voodoo priestess and all that. No, Robert was a toy. Uh, it was just an expensive toy. He was the My Buddy doll of his day. And, uh, but uh, the same company makes a little miniature roberts mm-hmm. that they make a thousand a year and uh we were the museum was kind enough to let us have one and we take him around on our tours so
2: um did you ask permission to get a photo
3: oh always always and we tell everybody to do that to mini robert too because mm-hmm. we've had some people who've done some crazy things they're like oh i'll take a picture with your little robert and then i'm like make sure you ask permission and they and this one lady's like ah oh, it'll be fine and then her phone the screen just went you know, cracked right across the screen and we all just went what and then my, my uh, editor Elizabeth Abbott she goes she goes I'm out I'm not staying in the same room with that doll anymore it has to go to another room
2: <laughs> how did you know Robert was giving you permission to take the photograph we actually, I have if to you ask at, I have to ask
3: in our uh, we we always ask yeah and and what was funny was in our books the two pictures we have of Robert mm-hmm. uh, have special captions that do say, permitted, uh, uh, printed with the permission of Robert the doll. Um, we got that from the museum. They told us to do that. And so, well, hey, we good. don't poke the bear. We we follow the rules. I don't so. blame you
2: <laughs> at all. Um, I heard something about a fake count and his corpse bride from Oh, Florida. it's
3: the... Elena Demilio's was this wonderful Spanish lady who was very ill Mm -hmm. of tuberculosis and down in Key West. Uh, And uh, and, uh, she was being taken care of by this count, Count von Kassel. He was a German count, uh, this is right after World War II, and he's trying to help her, he's trying to cure her. He's going to use his genius to cure her. Uh, Said he was a submarine commander, he's an electrician, he was working as a radiologist in this hospital. The problem is, he, none of that was true. His real name was Carl Tanzler, and he was from Germany, but he was also from Zephyr Hills, and had a wife and kids up there. But he had fallen in love with this girl down in Key West that came into the hospital. He had made this whole identity up for himself. And um, when she died, uh, he offered to the family, he's like, I'm going to, I was in love with her. I'm going to protect her. I will put her in a crypt and uh, we will keep her forever and the family was just happy to have somebody doing this otherwise she would have been in a pauper's grave right what they didn't realize is he kept the key and he would visit her and he installed a phone into her crypt so that he could call her at night and eventually he stopped visiting and the family realized something was up and they went to visit him and he's like oh you're perfect perfectly timed uh, elena's over here ready for dinner and they come in, and he had had her covered in perfume and wax. He'd kind of wrapped her up, uh, filled her with wires and stuffing, uh, so that she and they and they made it. They had been living as man and wife for nine years, even though she was dead. And when the police came, okay, they arrested him.
2: Yeah, of course.
3: But Key West, being Key West, a wacky town that it is, uh, the. Uh, statute of limitations was only seven years so he got to go free um but they displayed the bride Mm -hmm. for another funeral she became pretty famous um eventually poor carl died way back up in zephyr hills where he had made a duplicate of her uh with a new death mask that he had carved from the initial one that he had made out of paper mache and that one is on display in the same museum that houses robert the doll down in Key West, Fort, Martello, Fort East Martello
2: Museum. That is creepy. That is also very sick. Yes. Yeah.
3: He went on to become a famous writer. He
2: mm-hmm. wrote
3: for Strange Tales and Amazing Fantasy and Fictions right. and stuff like that. Yeah. And all of them involved, like, love from beyond the grave and stuff like that. Um, I think if, my, you know, women actually went to bat for this guy saying, Oh, he loved them and all this. I think if they knew that he had a wife and kids that he'd abandoned yeah. or the fact that he had made it so that he could be man and wife with this with this corpse, I think I don't think they would have been on his side as much as they were then.
2: Well I guess you didn't have to worry about her going out shopping, spending all his money or uh, you know, running up <laughs> the credit cards. Definitely not. Oh my gosh. So what are you up to next, Mark? Uh, what is your next endeavor?
3: Well, uh, we've got the third book coming out in September, mm-hmm. uh, Creepy Florida, which we're wrapping up now. Uh, Carrie's done some amazing illustrations for that one as well. Uh, but we've got, and this one has more pictures than any of our others because we went, it's got 90 uh, some odd uh, photos with a color insert, a 16 page color insert in this one. So it's a true travel guide to the most haunted places in Florida. And um and then uh, we, uh, while we're working on that, we're working on another secret project in the future that I can't say too much about uh, other than uh, it, it involves a little further out than Florida. We're uh, gonna be traveling a little further this time. And, um, and then on top of that, we're doing our convention tour this summer. We're at uh, MegaCon in Orlando, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically is almost as big as San Diego. It's huge. Um, we'll be at Spooky Empire in the fall, which is like the dark side of Comic-Con, it's all horror and such. And then we you know, we hit a lot of other places. eerieflorida.com's got all of our appearances.
2: Uh, quickly, I've got about a minute left, Mark. Uh, can, what can you tell me about Judge Stickney?
3: Uh, Judge Stickney, St. Augustine, uh, famous ghost story, uh, Huguenot Cemetery. They mm-hmm. dug him up uh, because they were going to move him to Washington State. His family wanted him back up in Washington, D.C., and when they dug him up, these two drunks came by and, and saw he had gold teeth, so they stole his teeth. They ran and punched out the mouth of the body and stole the teeth. And now his ghost is still seen in Huguenot Cemetery looking for his teeth with his old stove top pipe. People think they see the ghost of Abraham Lincoln. It's this guy looking for his teeth because he wore the same hat.
2: Unbelievable. First of all, Mark, I want to thank you once again for coming on the show. Always a great pleasure. Let us know when your new book is available. We'll get you back on. And uh, just keep up the great work and keep us in the loop.
3: Always, always. So uh, see you on the other side.
2: Hopefully not very, for a long time. Oh, you mean the other side. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. I thought <laughs> you meant the other side of the veil, you know, life, death, and everything else. All right, Mark Muncy has been my special guest this hour, www.eerieflorida.com. And after this, uh, this bit of time we've spent with Mark, I'm going to have to see if my wife is interested in selling our home in Orlando. Somehow, I don't think so, but I'll give it a try. Once again, his website, www.eerieflorida.com. I'll be back on the other side as we continue here in the Exxon with uh, some of our stations and other networks. If not, and you're leaving us, always remember to keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light. For the Exxon Radio TV show and the Exxon Broadcast Network, I am Rob McConnell.